It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hilgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what children face Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that band Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, bark it to people. What's happening, everybody? Uh, hope y'all aren't suffering too bad from the bi-week blues. Hoping we can brighten y'all's day a little bit today. Yeah, boy. Don't love the bye week Going to be honest. It's, uh, it's brutal. Like... It's brutal in the sense that there's no football, obviously, but it's also brutal because you always have the buy in the week prior to the lead up to the cocktail party. So it makes, I think, the anticipation, the wait just even worse because it's such a big game and one you look forward to all year anyways. Um, so, yeah, don't love the bye week. Uh, do have a plea for our listeners on the bye week, though. Uh, if you would, go give us a rating um on wherever you get your get your podcast whether it's you know itunes or spotify or you know google or wherever you listen to your podcast go on there and, and give us a rating subscribe to us if you don't subscribe already and if you're feeling really ambitious and just love your co-host leave us a review too that stuff's really helpful to get folks to tune in and if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, and we link those in all of our show notes. So please give us a follow on there as well if you don't follow us already. Um, whole reason Boss and I do this because we want to engage with in as many of y'all as possible and essentially just have a big old bar full of dogs fans and uh, just, just talk dogs with y'all. So go ahead and do that. We'd love that. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week because it's a bye week. We don't have a, a dogs game to talk about or preview. So boss and I are still going to pick our 10 games for the week. And what did you tell me the updates were on the, on the season stats here at the bye boss in the, in the battle for the 10 pounds of red? I mean, you and I aren't in it, but we're still picking. How are, how are, how are your, your boys doing here? All right. Zach is still in the lead as far as the guest pickers at seven and three. The guest okay. pickers total are 38 and 22. All right. I, winning record. I am 38 40, 32, right? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. 38 and 32. 38 and 32. 70 games total. I am 40 and 30. You are in the lead at 43 and 27. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that just goes to show you. 
if you want to make some money, come, come, come just pilfer the picks of, of HG and boss. And you'll be set up just, just nice. All right. Well, that's cool. Winning record for our guests total. That's fantastic. Zach Tully of Augusta golf collective still in the lead. Oh, Zach is just, he's just, he's just holding on brother. I mean, seven, three is a good week, man. That's a tough, that's a tough beat. Seven and three won it last year, right? Seven and three won it last year. Yep. Not ha- we did not have to use the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. So we got what? We got five games left, five weeks left for, for guests to come on and pick. Dude, and this is what I think we should do. I think if we end up having a tie where we have two guests or three guests that go seven and three, I think we should have them all back on championship week during SEC title week, ACC title week, and pick the full slate of games that week and just winner takes all. I think that's the fairest way to do it. Better I than like tiebreaker. Yeah. That way like you that. settle, settle it on the field. We're, we're proponents of a playoff system. That's the pick them playoff <laughs> right there. I like that. Give the people what they want. All right. So like I said, we're going to do a little bit different this week. We're going to do picks first. And we are going to start with undefeated Wake Forest going up to West Point to play Army. Noon kick. Uh, Army is a good football team. And Wake Forest is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. They got Sam Hartman at quarterback, former Oceanside Academy quarterback here in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. He was also featured on QB1 on Netflix. If you haven't seen that season, go give it a rip. It's worth the watch. And – yeah, what do you think about that, brother? How you feel on that one? Wake has been like I feel like holding on for dear life. Got to love what Dave Clawson's doing. I do like what Sam Hartman and that offense does. They've got a bunch of super seniors on that team, but you got to love what Coach Munkin's doing at Army too. So, so where do you sit on that one? I think this is going to fit right into what Army loves to do: shorten the game, grind it out. I'm not sure they pull off the win, but it's. I think they cover. I think this is going to be a low score. Boring, close game. Uh, I'm taking Army in the points at home. I got to tell you, man, I really, really hemmed it hard on this one because I, I think you were dead on with that evaluation. I think it's going to be a tight ball game. Wake has kind of towed the line all year, especially as it, as it pertains to spreads. And I think the way Army plays sets up for them to be a great coverer. Right. Like they're they want to grind out clock. Um, but with it being three and a half, it's a small enough number. I love Army. I really love all the academies when you get a number with them where it's double digit points. Anything above 10, I'm going to take a, a service academy and not blink. Like it's just give it to me. This one, though, I don't know. I, I like Wake. I think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to cover this. So I'm going to take the Demon Deacons, and plus it'll give us a little drama. I got something that you don't have. We'll we'll just pick against each other a little bit this week. How about that? <laughs> All right, that works. Also, have you ever been to West Point and been to that campus and seen that stadium? I, I have actually. Yes. And how stinking magnificent is it? Like I, I think it's one of the more underrated campuses and stadiums in all of America. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I was I was blown away because I did not expect when when I went, I was I just expected to be, you know, smaller, small campus, small stadium. And it's really loud for the size. 
Yes. For what it holds. Like it's really, I don't know what, I guess it's the design. It's really, it gets really loud in there. Yeah. So if y'all have never been to, to Army's campus, if you've never been to West Point and you get the opportunity, like don't hesitate, you should go. Um, even if you don't get a chance to go to a ball game there, just go to the campus if you're in the area. Cause it is just, just magnificent. It's built up on these cliffs that overlook the Hudson and it is just awesome. Uh, we played a, we, we were, um, we played in a regional Legion baseball championship there, uh, with a chance to go to the Legion world series, uh, many, many moons ago, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> The, the regional championship was held in Newburgh, New York, which is not far from Army's campus. And the welcome dinner for the regional championship was held at the officers club at West Point overlooking the Hudson. And man, it's like one of, of all the cool things I got to do playing sports. It's one of the cooler experiences I ever had. And so, yeah, awesome, awesome campus. So that'd be a cool game to watch too. Cause I mean, that's a good matchup. Army's having a good year. Wake's undefeated. They're one of the feel-good stories of the season. Noon kick. What do you think? That's like a CBS Sports Network matchup. I don't have it off the top of my head what they're playing on, but that's a that's a fun, that's a fun noon game. Or ACC Network. Could be ACC Network. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, either way, fun, fun noon matchup. And that's the only noon matchup I think we've got on the on the ticket this week. So next one is another interesting one. Wisconsin going to Purdue as a road favorite. Uh, going to West Lafayette as a two and a half point road favorite. I think we've talked ad nauseum on the show this year because they've been a they've been a team that have been in a lot of games that we've picked involving them this year. And boy, they've just not looked great, and their offense especially has not looked great. And then obviously Purdue is coming off a monster win last weekend over uh, who at the time was undefeated Iowa and who had looked awesome. They also win. Tweet of the year. Please tell me that you saw Purdue football's tweet after the game. Yes, that was great. We just beat the number two out of Iowa. I mean, that is A-plus stuff, brother. Like, <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw that. I mean, that you just can't beat that. That's good stuff. So, well done, Purdue football Twitter. Big win for you guys on the field and on social last week. Uh, but yeah, what do you think on that? You think they carry that momentum over or where do you sit on that one? This just screams emotional letdown to me, but Wisconsin has been God awful this year. And if this was at camp Randall, I would unfortunately take Wisconsin, but the fact it's, it's in Purdue. I'm going to take the Boilermakers. I don't feel confident in this one, but Wisconsin's just been bad this year. And I'm not, not that I've watched a whole lot of Purdue football and think Purdue's great, but they were great last week. And if they play half as good as they did last week, they will win this game because Wisconsin just doesn't have it this year. I'm with you, man. I think it screams letdown, but I'm also with you in that I think Purdue is probably going to win straight up. This is the issue, right, with, with any Wisconsin game you pick. Wisconsin has zero offense, zero. So any team that is capable of scoring points at all, I'm nervous that Wisconsin could cover a spread, much less win straight up and cover a spread. So I don't know, man. I do not feel good about that, especially with it being a road game. And you got to figure 
that stadium coming off that win is going to be so amped up. So I don't know, man. I like the Boilermakers. They they like to fling it around and air it out a little bit. So yeah, I'm going with them too, brother. All right, I think this is one of the more compelling matchups of the weekend, mainly because of the spread. We got uh, in Ames at 3:30. Oklahoma State is going to play Iowa State. Oklahoma State undefeated, coming off a big win over Texas in Austin. Iowa State was a preseason darling, right? One of those teams folks thought may have an outside chance to crash the CFP party. They've had two disappointing losses, but both, I would say, you know, the one to Iowa was one after the season Iowa had people go, well, I could kind of get that. Then they have a really tight loss against Baylor and against the Baylor team that's that's having a good year. So you kind of understand that one too. And so now we start to look and see – do we have the capability here for Iowa State to have their signature win on the year, ruin Oklahoma State's perfect season? The only problem I got here, brother, Iowa State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this ballgame. So where do you sit on this one? Where, how does that line strike you? Not good. I, I don't like the spread at all. I think Iowa State should win this game in Ames. They should win. They're going to have to crowd them behind their back. Iowa State's a solid football team, but – so is Oklahoma State. As long as Spencer does not turn over the ball, which is what I said last week, you, you know, he likes to turn over the ball. He has games where he turns over three, four times, and they've managed to overcome that this year, but in the past they haven't. If he doesn't turn over the ball, they could win. They may still win with those turnovers, but I mean, in Ames, Iowa State should win. I don't think they're going to cover them. I mean, I think this is going to be a tight game. Oklahoma State has looked really good, especially on the defensive side of the ball all season. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So wait, I just want to clarify here. So you are picking Oklahoma State to cover that to, to you're, pit, you're, you're taking Oklahoma State, but you think Iowa State will win. Yes. On our site, I took the money line for, for, IS, for, for Iowa State, but I took, the, I took Oklahoma State to cover. That is precisely what I did on Tally's site as well. Also, yeah, if you guys are into gambling and all or into bet, Boss and I make picks every week on Tally's site. So if you go to tallysite.com, you check those out. And, hey, uh, not to not to sprain our shoulders here, patting ourselves on the back, but your boys are picking pretty well this year. So if you want to hop on there and, and, and get some intel, have at it, baby. And we can just tell you it's about as unscientific as possible. We're going straight from the gut factor. So yeah. that's, that's about all there is when it comes to that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you with this. I, I like Oklahoma State to cover, I do not, but I think Iowa State will win the ball game. I think it's going to be an awesome football game. I think it's a super compelling matchup. I think Iowa State is searching for that signature win. I think they probably get it. Um, but I think Oklahoma State could very easily win the football game. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great game. All right, we got the Chip Kelly Bowl, Oregon going to L.A. to play the Bruins. And dude, UCLA is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this ballgame. I mean, dude, Oregon, number 10 in the country. But I think everybody's kind of lukewarm on them. You just don't really know what they are or what they're going to do. That Stanford win still just puts my brain in a pretzel that they lost that ballgame. But that's neither here nor there. Um, what do you think about that one? You like the Bruins or you like the Ducks to go get a big road win? me, this is a pick em game. That spread is pretty much useless. I, I, don't, I don't know what to feel about either one of these teams. It's Oregon has the better defense, but it all comes down to the quarterbacks. Brown has been 
looked great against Ohio State, but really other than that has looked kind of mediocre. And I never get the initials right for the UCLA quarterback, so I'm not even going to try. Um, but he has been very hot and cold. He's either really on or really off. Uh, so I'm going to go strictly with the fact that UCLA is at home and I'm, well, not that, you know, depending on who they play, they really don't have much of a home crowd. But I'm assuming because it's Oregon, it's a top 10 team coming in. The Rose Bowl will be packed. I'm going UCLA. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a travesty they don't have a better home crowd either because, boy, you get to play your stink at home games at the Rose Bowl. Come on, man. Got to sell that place out every Saturday here at home. I'm with you. I, this is like a pick game to me because of the number. Um, I, God, I, who knows, man? I'm going to go with the fighting visors, though. We'll go with, we'll go with uh, Chip Kelly to, to win the Chip Kelly Bowl. Uh, we'll take the Bruins, too. Okay, this is another one. I think is interesting, given what happened last weekend. You and I both were very vocal on last week's episode that we thought LSU had quit <laughs> on uh, Coach Joe and that they were left for dead, and then they come out and just take it to Florida and walk out of Death Valley with a win, which God bless them because we'd love to see the Gators lose. But now it makes this game, I think, a little more difficult to pick because, dude, after they get this big win over Florida, they come out and say, well, we're kicking Coach O to the curve after the season's over. So now you got lame duck coach coaching against Ole Miss, who has another good win last weekend on the road in a really, really tough environment with a crazy ending. I mean, dude, we got people throwing mustard bottles, highs mustard bottles in the field. People just pelting lame with Titleists. Like, what an environment. Just unreal. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but so Ole Miss, nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, Eli Manning is having his number retired, and they're painting Manning in both end zones. And, oh, coincidentally, Arch Manning will be in town for the game. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just got to love the showmanship there. Uh, yeah, sorry, Uncle Eli. I think I, there's something to that that's a little bit more than you getting your jersey retired, homie. I don't mean to, I mean to break it to you, but they're gunning for your neff. Um, anyways. What, well, I mean, where do you sit on that? Nine and a half points. You think you think the Rebs are covering that or what? I apologize to Coach O and the, T- and, and the Tigers on our recap episode because, like I said, I thought they quit, and I thought that the Tiger, I mean, the Gators were just going to roll off the Tigers. But not a really good offense in the Gators. Ole Miss and Matt Corral have a much better offense, and Todd Grantham is not the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. I think that Ole Miss wins and covers this. And, I mean, it, the timing of denouncing the Ogeron thing makes zero sense. Well, I mean, I understand they came to an agreement, but why? I mean, that makes – wait till he loses another game, then, then make that announcement. Why announce it after a big win? It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I, that whole thing was funky. I mean, they – I had texted you. The only thing I could think is they wanted to get in front of the top tier coaching candidates for this offseason, right? Like they just wanted to be in the game and start those conversations now. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody was going to run that story that had all this stuff about Coach O and all the stuff that had been going on with him having girlfriends at practice and blah, blah, blah. So maybe they just knew that was going to come out. They wanted to get ahead of that. I have no idea. But I agree with you. Super weird timing. Like, 
you could make the decision that you're going to let him go and everybody could know that, but to announce it like the Monday after you had this big win against Florida, which just tells you everybody in the administration thought they were going to lose that game. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was just, this is the date we picked and we're just going to keep the date. Sorry. That's really inconvenient that they just beat Florida, but we're going to roll with it. But yeah, that was really bizarre. Um, I'm with you though. I think Matt, well, okay. Let me say this. Lane came out and made some comments Monday or Tuesday that Matt Carell's like beat up, doesn't feel good or something. And sort of hinted at the fact that he might not play, which that was weird. Um, but I'm going to go under the assumption that Matt Corral plays the entire game. And I think he puts up video game numbers against that Swiss cheese LSU defense. Cause to your point, if Florida is out here putting up 42 points on you at home, oof, don't feel so good about where your defense sits. So I'm with you. I think Ole Miss covers this um, pretty handily, actually. All right. Uh, one more 330 game. We got Clemson going up to Pitt to play Heisman hopeful Kenny Pickett and the Panthers. Pitt is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Clemson's offense has looked anemic so where do you sit on this one you think you think Pitt continues their role or do you think Clemson steals one from the Panthers when Dabo is celebrating 17-14 survivals against Syracuse it just shows you how far Clemson has fallen this year give me Pitt all day twice on Sunday I'm all on the Panthers this year their offense I mean, as great as Clemson's defense is, even with all the injuries, I mean, Clemson can't score. They just – they can't. I mean, if they if Pittsburgh scores 21, they, they cover this. Uh, Max Olsen did his athletic article on defenses across college football this week, which was fantastic. He was – the premise of the article was about stop rate. But the thing that popped out to me was the points per possession that defenses are giving up, which obviously Georgia's first in the country – so I think their defense absolutely keeps them in this ball game. But I'm with you, man. I just – that Clemson offense looks beyond lost. I mean, they just – I don't know what in the world has happened there, but they, they just can't do us. I mean, he could have left, and boy, is he – so I'm with you. I like Pitt to cover this. I think they'll win the game straight up, and I think they'll cover in the process. Um, okay. Seven o'clock slate of games. Uh, this was your pick this week after we didn't get on. And UVA Tech, UVA's favored by six and a half. So where do you sit on that? You, you hit me with a text that about made my brain explode that UVA's quarterback is the leading passer in all of America. Is that still true? Uh, I, that, that is not true anymore, but that was true um, before last week's games, which just – I mean, we're from Virginia, folks, so let's just put this in perspective. We grew up on the Al Grow, you know, offenses that were just, you know, were just anemic offenses at UVA. So it's uh, very odd to see UVA in passing yardage anywhere in the top, like, 50, much less top. Yeah. So um, Tech is very odd this year. I mean, they, they steamroll North Carolina but then struggle against Syracuse. I don't really know what to make a tech this year. And UVA offensively has looked really good. 
So it's in Charlottesville. So I'm going to go Wahoo Wah. That's the best I got. Uh, when you sent me this game, I was like, this puts me in a pickle. Because one of my life rules is to never, ever, ever, ever pick a University of Virginia athletic team in anything. Because all they will do is disappoint you. However, of course, you put them on the docket the week that they are playing the Bugs from Atlanta. So, like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm just caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't know, man. This game stinks out loud. But you know your boy likes to fling the ball around the yard. So, yeah. I'm going to go with the quarterback that's been doing that the best. So, like, begrudgingly, with all capital letters, I'm taking UVA, which for all Georgia Tech fans nationwide, you should rejoice. Because, again, this is going against one of my life credos. But I'm taking the Cavaliers. So so that's that. Um, Okay. Tennessee, Alabama. (laughs) I feel like this is just like we should put this on repeat when we talk about an Alabama game. This is a will Alabama cover the number game? (laughs) Yeah. Alabama is favored by 25 and a half game being played in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee is coming off a game where they probably played about as well as they could play in front of a rocking Neyland Stadium in the ultimate vengeance game against Lane Kiffin, and they still couldn't get it done. Uh, and I don't even think they covered. I think Ole Miss won and covered. Um, so wh- what do you think? You think Bama covers this number or what? You know, I am going to take the Vols in a backdoor cover. I think, I think Bama blows this out quick and then kind of takes their foot off the gas. And Tennessee has enough offensive firepower to score a couple of late touchdowns to to get it cl- to cover to cover. You said twenty five and a half. I think they yeah. can make it a twenty four point game. Lord, boss, hitting us with the the three green chili picks of the week. That's spicy, homie. <laughs> hey, I, I got to catch what. up. I'm behind. I I couldn't love Alabama more in this game. I think they are going to dump truck Tennessee. First off, they just own this quote-unquote rivalry for, like, the entirety of Nick Saban's tenure. I think that will continue. The other factor that I think plays into this is that Alabama, because of their loss to A&M, is on the we-must-blow-the-doors-off-of-everyone tour to put our names squarely back into the CFP hat. So I think they will score until they can't score anymore. So it looks as lopsided as possible. Um, So, yeah, I'm taking Bama to cover this number because they have got to come into Atlanta 11 and one, and they have to have absolutely annihilated everyone else. So that even if they lose to Georgia in Atlanta, Nick Saban can still get on college game day, the SEC championship game and tell America why they should be in the college football playoffs. You just quote me on that (laughs) because that will happen. So, okay. Um, This is a fun game. I think San Diego state undefeated in the top 25 
going to play Air Force. Air Force having a good, good year this year. Air Force three and a half point home favorite. You know, we love to pick the academies on this show. Who do you like in that one? In that article you were talking about from The Athletic about the, the defensive stop rate, where was San Diego State in that? Pretty high. I think they were second in the country. Yeah. Uh, give me San Diego State in the points in this. Ooh, I like it. This was a really, really difficult pick for me. This was, and again, it's, it's dealing with one of the academies, so that's why it makes it so tough. Air Force is one of my teams that I pick every single week in tally set. I don't even look at the number. I just pick I picked them every single week this year to cover whatever number is in front of them. Whether they're the underdog or the favorite, I am picking the Falcons. So this is un- completely unscientific. I'm just going to stay with that rule. That's just an HG picking rule. I'm, I'm taking the Falcons. They, I might get burnt to the core by San Diego State because they have a very good football team, and I've already picked against San Diego State once this year, and it burned me, but I'm doing it again, rolling the dice, baby. And look, I'm, I'm, we're, I'm giving you a shot here. I mean, three games this week where you can get even with your boy <laughs> in the year-long battle. We're just trying to create a little drama here. All right, last game, one of my favorite rivalries in all of college football, USC going to South Bend to play Notre Dame. Uh, South Bend under the lights at Notre Dame Stadium. Also love that. That'll be a just fantastic environment. Um, Notre Dame is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home and announced that they are going to – did they say they're going wholly with Jack Cohen or that they're going to rotate between the two quarterbacks? I think Which they're going – I'm pretty sure that he said that he they're going to go wholly with Jack Cohen, but I unless I completely I, – I just it was just a snippet on my Twitter feed, so I didn't like you know read an article or anything. Same, same. I, I saw a snippet on Twitter – and then I saw Notre Dame Twitter lose their collective minds over the choice. So I figured that must not be a good thing. Uh, where do you sit on this one? I don't think it matters who they start at quarterback, honestly. I mean, USC's been in the same position that LSU is in since week two. I mean, week three, really, when they fired Clay Helton. And they're basically you know playing for next year. So um, all these kids are playing for their jobs for next year for when the new blood comes in and the new coaching staff. So Notre Dame under the lights, that environment should be amazing with this rivalry. I think Notre Dame wins this and wins it pretty handedly because USC has not looked, even in their wins, they don't look really good. They just kind of look very, they're not very physical. They're kind of mediocre. And I think that Notre Dame's physicality along the offensive line is good enough to control the clock, win this game, even if Cone has a Cone-like game. Yeah, so so the quarterback position is the only thing that gives me pause because their offense has been, eh, it's been all right. Um, But I think you bring up some good points. They're playing in South Bend, under the lights at Notre Dame Stadium. It's a massive rivalry. USC is playing with an interim head coach. They're playing on the road. I don't know, man. I, I just don't feel good about it. When I first looked at it, I thought, man, that number looks kind of big for like rivalry game. USC's got a kid at quarterback that's pretty good, Slovis. Like, you know, that just seemed a little bit big to me, but I don't know, man. I I think I think the variables will be too much. And Say what you want about Brian Kelly and not being able to, to win a title or whatever. 
But his teams, when he's been at Notre Dame and really everywhere he's been, are generally pretty well prepared, ready to play. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm going with the Irish in this one. I think they'll I think they'll cover this number and, and win the ball game. So all right, man. Feels weird not picking a dogs game, right? Yeah. But it's not a bad little slate of games for the bye week. I mean, that'll be a fun Saturday of games to watch. I mean, no like, oh man, I've got to sit down and watch this ball game, like crazy matchups, but there's some cool matchups on that sheet this week, like at least enough to whet the appetite, get us, get us through the, the doldrums of no dogs game, right? Yeah. And I mean, let's not, let's be realistic. I mean, next week for us is of course the cocktail party, but there are some huge matchups outside the cocktail party next week. Next week is like, you know, top 10 death match. Yeah. I, I feel like this Halloween weekend is always a super fun weekend of ball games. Like it's just such a random pull, but the, the game I remember from cocktail party weekend is the 08 game where Crabtree and Texas tech have the toe tap game. Remember that? Oh game? yeah. 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 Like monster primetime game. They weren't supposed to win. Yeah. I, that's one of the ones I remember. That's all. I feel like there's always a lot of fun, good games that weekend. And it's kind of the time of year, too, where the rubber hits the road, right? Like, we're, we're really starting to figure out who's in it, who's on the fringe, and it's, it's prove-it time. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Um, something exciting for us on our show, we're going to have Sunday Snaps episode with Saturday in Athens athlete Payne Walker this coming Sunday. Know your, hashtag know your snappers. Hashtag straw that stirs a special team streak. And then the following Sunday, We'll have Sunday snaps with William Moat. So be on the lookout for those. You know, we are big, big proponents of the long snappers on our show and especially of Georgia's long snappers. So make sure you guys are tuning into those and supporting number 47 and number 56 as much as possible. Um, both guys were awesome to talk to. Just, you know, after you hear the episodes, it'll be one of these things where no way I can't root for these two guys. Like, so definitely check those out. Also coming next week. Our preview episode, homie, gonna be our 100th episode. 100. I feel like that. Um, what's that? What's that commercial where the guy is looking at his likes on his phone and he goes 100? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my, one of my all-time favorites. I think we'll have to get like a like a meme or something of that. We'll have to post that because that just makes me laugh out loud. So that's gonna be big. And we got special guest Ray Fulcher coming on the show with us for for episode 100 to to preview the cocktail party, talk about everything he's had going on. So a lot going on there, a lot coming in the next week from a content perspective on our end. I do want to talk to you real quick before I let you go about the article that came out today, I guess this afternoon, right before we got on the tape, that Chris Lowe wrote for ESPN. And I guess Chris Lowe had had a, I don't know if it was a one-on-one phone conversation or whatever with Coach Smart, specifically talking about the quarterback position. There have been multiple reports this week. Coach Smart has talked about it in his media availability that JT has looked as good as he has looked since Vanderbilt from a health perspective, um, but then has given really no, you know, one way or the other about where things are going to be with the quarterback position, which obviously we wouldn't expect him to do because that's just not his style. But then Chris Lowe comes out with this article essentially with, I think, the most definitive comments that he's made saying that even if JT was 100% and fully healthy, hey, we're going we're gonna to figure out who we need to game plan with the best for that week's opponent. So if we're playing an opponent where running the football with the quarterback makes some more sense, well, that's Stetson. And, you know, if it calls for something else, well, maybe that'll be JT. 
So I guess, you know, if you really parsed it, you could say he was kind of waffling and setting it up to do whatever he wants, which is kind of right up Coach Smart's alley. Or you could look at it and go, holy crap, are we going to be doing like a quarterback rotation here? So when you read the article and saw the comments, what were your initial takeaways, number one, and then where do you sit with all of it? I'm going to steal a comment from the best message board I've ever been a part of, the dog vent. This isn't insider information or anything like that. Every other coach is playing checkers while Coach Smart is playing underwater 3D chess. (laughs) I love that. So he's not going to give anything away. He's not going to – he's just – He's going to be the most vague, politically correct comments that he can. He's not going to come out and say, yes, does JT probably look look good? Yeah, but he also said he looks rusty, which honestly, that's to be expected. He hasn't practiced since what? Four weeks? It's been four it's weeks, been, right? Yeah. Maybe? I mean, since it's been steady, right? Like he's just been throwing. He's been on a pitch count or whatever. But, you know, he probably hasn't been going, taking- Think about it. Going against that defense? I mean, come on. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I can only imagine what, you know, first the live practice reps against that defense. Good Lord. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think anything of it. I mean, it would not surprise me to see him do what they tried to do in the SC game, the 2 1 2 1. It would not surprise me. I'm not a fan of that, but it would not surprise me to see that. I don't think it's going to be against Florida. I could see us doing that maybe against Charleston Southern or something like that to kind of maybe see how that's going to see how that's going to work. But I don't think that's going to be the game plan going forward. I think it's going to be, let's see how this works. And because you don't want to let the other team know, okay, we're going to do two drives. We're going to have JT in and one drive. We're going to have sets and or vice versa so that the defense knows how to prepare either. You want to keep them off kilter. So I also don't expect ever expect to see the Jake from Justin Fields plan where we're going to have two plays of Jake from one play of Justin Fields, five plays of Jake from three plays of Justin Fields. I don't ever expect to see that either. I think it could be a situational thing where one person struggles. The other person comes in. I honestly think he's going to get one guy. He's going to stick with one guy. And then if one person struggles, the other guy comes in. I think it's the only way you see the flip flopping of quarterbacks. Unless we're beating the doors off somebody. Yeah. For me, this is where I sit on it, right? This is the mantra I try to live by when it comes to all things Georgia football. I do not question head coach Kirby Paul Smart. Like, he's in the building. He's around these guys more than anybody. He has brought this program to a standard of excellence that if you had told us it would be at when he was hired in 2016, we would all be doing cartwheels 24 hours a day, right? So, homie, I'm rolling with that. <laughs> Whatever he feels is the best decision, I- I'm, I'm riding with him, brother. I mean, I just, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm really not. Now, the rest of Dog Nation is a whole nother story, <laughs> but it's just not going to bother me. I mean, look, here's the thing, right? And this is another reason I won't even think twice about it. This defense ain't going to stop, brother. Like, what? Are they going to stop being dominant? Are they going to stop tearing people up? And what have you seen so far this season that makes you go, oh, Stetson running the offense can't score points, or JT's running the offense can't score points? Like, I I just – 
why, why are we getting all caught up in the weeds with this, man? Like, until it's a problem, why are we treating it like one, right? That's kind of the way I feel about it. Like, it's not a problem. So why are we acting like it is one? I mean, embarrassment of riches, baby. <laughs> Come with it. I just, I don't know. That's kind of where I sit with it. Like, I read Lots the article. Nice. I'm like, it is, man. I, I think there's a lot to that. I, there, there's a lot to this waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, our life as fans is Murphy's law. I mean, I, I think there's, I, that is real. Okay. What I'm saying is that's not the life we're living right now. Right. Like that's not the reality. There are fan bases all across America, like almost all of them who would kill to stand in dogs fan shoes. I just, I, I don't know what all the hand ring is about. Like, living in high cotton, baby, like get with it. So yeah, I, I don't know. Man. I, and to your point, regardless, who are you nervous about? That's left on the schedule until you get to Atlanta. Yeah, like dude, even with Florida, I, first off you telling me after what happened last October, or I guess early November, they haven't had this circuit on the calendar in like bright, bright red for 365 days counting down to this like it's a very well documented kirby can't stand florida and can't stand dan mullen you telling me they're not fixing to go out and hang half a hundred on the gators come on man them boys gonna be so locked in like i am so fired for it i just can't even tell you like i am i i in my in my soul feel like it could be like 2017 where they just absolutely demolish florida because First off, I think Florida is a mess, and I think we are locked in. And then I think there's the factor that they want to get some vengeance for last year. Like I think that was unacceptable to Kirby. Like they, he, in his mind, they should never lose this game ever. Which you gotta love, right? It's a, yeah. It, it, to him, to him, Florida is an inferior opponent. Correct. I don't remember Correct. which one it was, but. After the final whistle blew, he came out and as he's walking across the field, you know, you could clearly read on his lips. I hate those for family friendly purposes. I hate those MFers. Yeah. Clear as day. You could read that on his lips. Like he hates this team. Yeah. With a burning passion. So do I. So do you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. We do. I just, I mean, I think all that's going to come to fruition. When, when they get things kicked off. And you're going to be in the house, homie. Yep. Looking forward to it. I'm going to be living so vicariously. Well, that was, I just want to get your opinion on all that because obviously that was kind of some scuttlebutt before we came on air, so I just want to get your thoughts on it. But, yeah, that, that's that. As you said, tr- in Kirby we trust. Uh, yeah. I, the rest of Dog Nation just needs to we, – we literally could go 15-0, win the national championship, and – People would find something to complain about or worry yeah. about. I, I, I don't, I just enjoy it. Yeah. But live in it, baby. It's good living. All right, brother. Well, we will, uh, we'll hook back up to, to chat for the preview episode because we'll have our interview episode on Sunday. But yeah, man, I'm, um, you know, we're to Thursday. So really, we're like nine days out now. We're single digits till, till game day. So that, that's a lot better than two weeks. So we're almost there, brother. Um, almost there. All right, homie. Well, until until we meet again, go dogs. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.